Welcome to Real Life Christian Fellowship. We're located on 841 Crossgate Road, Port Wentworth, Georgia. Our Sunday worship starts at 10 a.m. And if you're not able to make it, no problem. You can find us on live stream at Real Life Church PW, or you can download our app on iOS and Android at Real Life Christian Fellowship. And we would love to see you and your family at our Bible studies. Refresh at noon Tuesday, refresh at night Wednesday at 7 p.m. And now, prepare yourself for the Word of God from our pastor, Paul Taylor. God is able. I want, I, want to, I want to read verses 1 through 11. You'll be able to follow me on the screen. I'm reading from the uh, CEB, CSB, Christian Standard Bible. And just follow along with me. As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Yenaseret. He saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Uh Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear, break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, for I, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. The King James says, from henceforth, you shall be fishers of men. I want to speak to you from the topic, simply, from now on. From now on. From now on. I have been ministered to by this text for about two weeks. And there was something that was really weighing heavy on my heart about this particular text and what transpires pre-Jesus and post-Jesus. And how many of us find ourselves in this struggle to get things done. Initially, initially, when I wanted to approach this text, I wanted to talk about harvest and how there are so many things that we are running after and working for that we seem unable to obtain because we're doing it in our own strength. Talk about the grace that goes along with Christ Uh 
to get things that we are unable to get without Christ. Sometimes I, I, I would say that we are unaware that we are doing things on our own. Because sometimes we're successful with penalties. When I say successful with penalties, what I mean is that we're able to get it, but it's killing us to keep it. That's what I wanted to talk about, but there's been so much talk about purpose this weekend. Until I began to see this text differently as I spent time with it this morning. Jesus' teaching, we see from verse 1, the crowd is pressing in on Jesus. Okay. And he's teaching them, and they're, they're getting close to him. They're pressing him, and, and there's, 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 there's not enough room for him to be seen by the audience. Be clearly heard. So he steps away from them and he gets into one of the boats just sitting in the water. Now there are two boats. And out of the two boats that were available to him, he chose Simon Peter's boat. Now there are two boats now. And he could have chosen either one. But he makes the choice of Simon Peter's boat. Specifically, he wants Peter's boat. But he just doesn't want Peter's boat. That's temporary. What he really wants is Peter. I need you to catch this now. So he says to Peter, now let me let me let me back up for a moment. Peter and James and John and and, and his brother are, are they are all to the side. Andrew, they're to the side. Washing their nets, which implies that they're done for the day. No more fishing. And Jesus gets into Peter's boat. And I'm watching the, I'm watching the way this thing unfolds. He doesn't say, Peter, can I use your boat and get into the boat? He gets into the boat and then asks him to use the boat. And he says, I need you to put out just a little bit from the land. Just put out just a little bit from the land. And this is what I got from Peter, let me use what you have. Let me use what you have. And, and, and see, this calls for him to leave what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, you got to get it. So, so Peter's over here busy washing nets because he's done for the day, and he's probably going to go home, and this is maintenance for the nets so he can fish the following day. And so he looks over to Peter and says, let me use what you have. And so in the moment he says, let me use what you have, this means that whatever Peter's doing, he has to stop it. He has to get up and he has to leave it behind in order to come do what Jesus has requested of him. Now, he says after he ministered to the people, he says, Simon Peter, I need you to do me another favor. I need you to put out into the deep. Everybody say put out into the deep. Now, a lot has been made of the deep. There's been a lot of things preached about the deep. And there's been a lot of symbolism made of the deep. But that wasn't my focus today. My focus was, if you want Peter to put out into the deep and let down his nets to catch fish, you got to remember that Peter was outside of the boat washing the nets. I need you to get this. 
He's outside of the boat, away from the boat. Let's look at the text for a moment. In verse 2, he saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He left them. Somebody say he left them. So the fishermen had left the boats and were washing the nets. So they were in the boat washing the nets. They had left the boats and were washing the nets. And then Peter left the nets and went to the boat. And then Peter pushed off a little from the land. So if Peter left the nets, went to the boat, pushed off from the land, in order for him to drop the nets, he's got to go back to land, go back to the nets, pick up the nets, and bring the nets back to the boat. Get it now. Jesus is asking him to do something that takes sacrifice. So he says, I need you to drop your nets. I want to bless you, but I need you to make a sacrifice before your blessing is released to you. And so I'm going to ask you to drop your nets, but you're going to have to do some things before you're able to do that. Watch this. So my question was, did Simon bring the nets? No, because he had put out from the land. So verse 2 tells us he had to go back. He had to likely go back to where they were, pick them up and return to the boat. And then the following instructions are given. Watch this. Pull out into the deep water. Let down your nets, which you just cleaned, signifying that you were done for the day for a catch. So I want you to take those same nets that you just washed and drop them again. You signified that you had quit. That your day was done. That, that it was over. That you were no longer doing this. And now Jesus asked him to do what he had just said he was finished doing. Has anybody ever said you were finished? Mm-hmm. That you were done. That you weren't doing this anymore. That, 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 I, that I quit, Lord. And I, I, I don't want to be bothered anymore. Peter was done. And he says, I want you to give it one more try. Look at his answer here. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. Translation, translation, translation. We have tried. We tried. We gave it everything we got. That's the first thing. Somebody say, we try. We try. Second part of the translation is, we have been diligent. Our lack of fish is not because we didn't work hard. It's not because we didn't try our best. No, we try. And we've been diligent. We've been out here all night long. But, We have been unproductive. We have not caught a thing. We tried. We were diligent. Yet, we were unproductive. Anybody know that experience? I tried. I mean, you hear somebody preach to you and they tell you you got to try and you're sitting there saying, I did try. And then they tell you, you got to work hard and you say, I did work hard. And then they say, you can't quit too soon. And you say, I didn't quit soon. But I'm still unproductive. Why is it no matter how much I give, it seems like nothing's working. 
how much I try, how many sermons I hear, how many books I read, how much praying I do. Why is it that it seems like nothing seems to work for me? And, and despite all of that, listen now, these are Peter's reasons not to drop the nets. Jesus, so we, gotta, we keep giving ourselves reasons not to drop the net. This is not really what he's saying to Jesus. This is really about what he's rehearsing to himself, trying to figure out, is it a good idea for me to give this thing one more try? And Peter says, because you asked me to, I will drop my nets again. You see, he says, because you have asked me to do it. And before this, he had seen Jesus heal his mother-in-law. And so he says, because you you asked me to do this I will try again he could have said no elder Darian truly he could have said no I'm not doing it I gave it everything I have I'm done it's over I'm not trying again but something in him wanted what Jesus promised more than his reasons to give up somebody say amen what God promised to you, you got to want it more than the reasons then you have to give up. You got to want what he said you can have more than your reasons to quit and to throw in the towel. So hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. They catch a bunch of fish. Praise the Lord. Sound up the shout music. Clap your hands. Run around the church. God is good. They caught a bunch of fish. So much fish. Until the nets begin to break. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout, thank you. This is where we shout at. We go crazy about that fish. Because everybody. Wants their nets to break. Right about now, preachers get us amped up. This, this is where the organ plays. Wham! And uh, this, this is where they have, and then we get all amped up. And we and you say, high five your neighbor and say, your nets are breaking. And, and pow, your nets are breaking. That's where we get excited, Apostle. But I started looking at this breaking nets thing. And I started examining it from a different perspective. And I started thinking, you know, hold up. There's so many fish in here. My nets are breaking. And, and, and when I was able to get the fish in the boat, now the boat is sinking. And now I got to get all this fish in the sinking boat back to land. See, we love breakthrough. But we don't stop and think what comes with breakthrough. We love harvest, but we don't think that harvest is the hardest working time of the season. Responsibility comes with a blessing. Jesus. Everybody wants an anointing, but responsibility comes with an anointing. Somebody shout glory. We see people where they are, but we don't think about what they had to go through in order to get where they are. And we don't think about the hell they're catching to try to stay where they are. It is not as easy as it looks. So we're shouting over breaking nets. 
But we're not thinking about what they had to go through to get all that fish back to land. Want to be famous, but we don't think about what being famous is like. The pressure you're under, the scrutiny you come up under. We want ministries, but we don't think about what maintenance of ministry is like. And having to deal with so many different types of personalities in the world. And your contemporaries talking about you behind your back. There's more to this thing than meets the eye. I wish I had a witness in here. There's more to it. Looking at the house on the hill, you will have house in the hill mortgage. House on the hill electric bill. House on the hill water bill. Talk to me somebody. When we get in there, the house on the hill is not as attractive as it was when we were at the bottom looking up. I want to be a pastor someday. Watch what you ask for. Thought about this thing. They went from nothing to something just like that. And so we say, Hallelujah. I had nothing. Now it looks like I got everything. But with that comes responsibility. Not to mess up. To lose. But he just gave them. Watch, 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 watch. So this is where we celebrate, but actually this is where they worked. See, here's the, we say before Christ there's work. I say before and after Christ there's work. See, pe people fooled us and they say, oh, after you get Jesus, everything's going to be all right. Uh, everything's going to be easy. going to be easy like Sunday morning. Uh, I got this something about it. I want to tell somebody every Sunday morning ain't easy. I've had some tough Sunday mornings. I, I got about four or five witnesses of the three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all over the building. It's been some hard Sunday mornings. It, 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 after Jesus does not make things easy. They worked, but the, the thing is, they worked without productivity, without Jesus. Jesus. But what they put their hands to after Christ spoke his word brought productivity. And the productivity produced work. But it's a joy to work when something's coming from it. Hey God, it's a joy to work when you see that something is happening in the lives of someone that you're ministering to rather than working your back out. And absolutely nothing is changing. No light bulbs. No change lives. Is anybody home? No, they still had to work because they had to pull. Let's, let's think about it now. The net, they caught the fish, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. But Janae, they got to pull the net at the proper pace because the nets are breaking and if you go too slow the weight of the fish come on it's going to continue to break the net but if you go too fast 
So you got to get the right pace. Pull the net out of the water. Apostle, we're not done. Now, those heavy nets are in the boat. And you hollering for the other guys to come. When they get there, their nets are are loaded. And you got these two boats. And and can I say something to you? They did not have motorboats. We've been on too many cruises. We think they just hit a button and pull a little thing and back then. No, these guys had to roll these. (laughs) Back to land. This was about, though, preparation. You know preparation. The action or process of making ready or being made ready for use. The action or the process of being, of making ready or being made ready for use. They were being prepared. It might begin with something small being asked of you. And if you can answer to the small thing, then I can trust to make a demand on you for the bigger thing. But if the small thing is too much of an inconvenience for you, then I'll have to move to the next person because nothing's going to stop what he has in mind from being accomplished. See, see, hit it, hit it. Forgive your enemy. God, help me out. If you can't forgive the enemy, then how can I let you preach to the people? If you struggle, help me. If if you're struggling to tithe uh, ten percent of the little, then why do you want millions? So I'm gonna ask something small of you first. I'm gonna ask you to put push out just a little bit. I'm going to ask you to put your stuff on hold for a minute. I'm going to ask you to make some sacrifices for me to come and let me use what you have. Mm, mm, mm. Somebody say sacrifice. Sacrifice. Uh, It's not a sexy word. (laughs) That means I got to give something up. I I, I got to put my will on hold. I got to put my plans on hold. Because remember when Jesus asked him he was washing his net, he was busy. And in order to do what Jesus asked him to do, he had to stop what he was doing and then go to Jesus. He did that. First test passed. Now he says, now I want to show you something bigger than that. I want to show you something bigger. You watch me minister. You allow me to use this as a pulpit, as a podium, if you will. Now I want you to put out into the deep. And I, you're going to catch, the King James says, a draught of fish. You're going to catch a whole bunch of fish, more than you've ever seen in your entire life. You're going to catch. And he does all of that. He goes back. He gets the nets. He puts the bet in the boat. And then he pushes out. He drops it. And then, boom, fish from everywhere. And I'm not going to ask the question where the fish were. I'm not going to ask the question why didn't they catch them the night before. All I know is pre-Jesus, no fish, post-Jesus, a bunch of fish. That's all I need to know. I ain't getting deep 
deep and all into that stuff and all exegetical and all that and saying all these, I got a river. I ain't got nothing. All I know is that they, they didn't have Jesus. They didn't have fish. And when they had Jesus, they had fish. That's all I know. Some stuff, all you know is that God did it. That's it. You can't explain it. You can't say I prayed right. I was, I no, no. He did it. He told me to do this and then boom. Fish. Oh, see, what I did was, see, I dropped my net in the water just so. No, you just did what he told you. And it worked. Watch, 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 watch. It's preparation. Preparation. Hmm. It wasn't even about the fish. It wasn't even about the fish. I used to make this about the fish. Ain't about the fish. At least not for me anymore. Yeah, I used to make it about stuff it wasn't about. Because I used to watch how other people did it, and I watched what they made it about. And I thought that because they made it about that apostle, then maybe that was what it was about. And then it took some time for me to understand that it really wasn't about all that stuff that people made it about. Like calling each other Doc. And my people. I ain't got no people. Y'all God's people. I used to be, I used to, I used to want to be a mega church pastor. I, wanted, I used to want to preach the thousand. I wanted to say my own, get ready, get ready, get ready. And then, and then one day, one day I realized, I realized that it wasn't about the fish. That all of the toiling and all of the trials and all of the, the unproductivity, the, 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 no, the non-products, uh, product, the time when I was unproductive and, and, and in, uh, then the time when he released something into my hands and, and, and then, and, and, and then he, he said, give it all up. You gotta catch it, cause, 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 cause see, if if you make it about the fish, then you'll still be with the fish. But this says that when they got back to land, Edward Darian, that they forsook the fish because Jesus spoke a word to them that said that everything in your life is about the change and these fish are just an example of what's about to be released into your life see it was about the power of his word and what happens for those who obey his word it was merely an example example you know an example that thing characteristic of its kind illustrating a general rule it's just that here's what I see in it he says I showed you the fish so that you could see what would happen in purpose I showed you the fish showed so that you could see what happens in purpose when I speak my word and you obey productivity I'll tell 
you to go and find a little donkey that's never been written on. And when you get there, if they ask you why you want it, tell them the Lord has need of it. And when you get there, it'll be there and they'll ask you and you'll give them the answer and they'll let you bring it back. I just did it to show you that if you do what I tell you to do, there'll be productivity and you'll see a manifestation of my glory. I did it to show you what happens in purpose when you love people that is hard to love when you forgive people who broke your heart when you're nice to people who are mean to you I did it so I could show you that if you obey me you'll see the manifestation of my power but if you keep working in your flesh there will be no productivity somebody shout hallelujah in here this is why we don't see what we want to see. We don't have what we want to have because we keep working in the power of our flesh because we find it hard to obey God. But obeying God takes sacrifice. I got to forgive you. I got to let it go. I've got to love you. I've got to give. I got to show mercy. I got to be kind. I got to be a servant. Sometimes I got to let my stuff go. I can't treat you the way you treat me. I can't behave the way you behaved. I'm talking to somebody. Pastor, I heard what you said, but I tried that try again. Because... It's not about what you think it's about. If you still hanging out with your net full of fish, you're in the wrong place. It was never about the fish. It was about getting them right. Getting their minds together. Getting their hearts together. So that they could walk in purpose. Somebody shout glory. glory. I wanted to show you with the fish what can happen in purpose. I can tell you to walk up to somebody and say Jesus loves you. And it can break them to the point where they want Christ. They can have up a facade and be all hard and, and be like I don't need nobody. You can say Jesus loves you. And under the warmth of his love you can minister to them. But you, but you got to be willing to do what I ask of you. And you can't think about what didn't work. Because this time, by my word, it will work. That's why he said, oh, we tried, but because you asked me to, I'm going to do it. And by your own admission, you toiled. You labored. You grew weary. You became emotionally fatigued. You became discouraged. That never happened to anybody in this church. But it's just a definition. <laughs> It's just, you just, nobody in here ever been emotionally, you know, distressed. Nobody in here ever became discouraged. No, no, you didn't, you didn't. That happened, watch it, that happened without me. 
But with me, with me, Peter, Simon Peter, you were productive. You dropped your net and things happened. The blessing broke loose. So from now on, you'll be catching people. You, you are going to be fishers of men. A long time ago, this Pentecostal preacher, long time ago, long, long time ago, young Pentecostal preacher who breathed fire from the pulpit, preached a sermon entitled, Your Occupation, Val, I see you talking with me, is subject to change. All oh, that Joe Johnson preached that thing. Your see that your, your your occupation, your purpose. It shifts in Christ. And Peter said, didn't Peter say? Anybody remember what Peter said when he saw all those fish? You, anybody remember? You remember? You remember portion? He said, get away from me. Get, get away from me, for I am a sinful man. Isn't that what he said? So Peter's a sinful man. He doesn't feel worthy. He notices that Jesus must be deity. And he says, you, you go away from me. You don't, you, don't you don't want nobody to go away from me. You and Jesus doesn't even answer that. He says, from now on, from, from now on, I understand who you are. I knew who you were when I picked your boat. You were not revealing anything to me that I was unaware of. I'm telling you, from now on. Because there, there might be somebody in here who's saying, Pastor, I hear what you're saying about purpose, and I heard what Pastor Leslie said about purpose, and I heard what, what Minister Strickland said about purpose, uh, Stephanie said about purpose. I heard that. I heard you, Pastor, when you talked about dreams and operating in purpose, and I heard all this stuff about being in purpose and operating, but, but see, you don't understand who I am. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know my experience, and I've done some things, and I said some things, and, and, and I don't feel like I'm worthy of doing this stuff, that you know, because I'm not a preacher like you and I don't, I don't I don't have a degree in theology and I I'm not a deacon or an elder and all this stuff and and I hear you but I'm saying from now on because see in Christ you have purpose if you're in Christ baby you got purpose there is something that he's called you to do whether it's in your house or on your street you got purpose See, you don't, have to have, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to stand in a pulpit in order to have purpose. You have purpose on your job. You have purpose at the grocery store the next time you go to Publix to pick up a pack of pork chops. You got purpose. Somebody say amen. You are called to be salt and light everywhere you go. Ye are the light of the world. I wish I had. So come on, y'all getting quiet on me. Touch your neighbor and say, I have purpose. Because you're in Christ. 
And he called all of us to be disciples. He called all of us to make sacrifice. He called all of us to be obedient, not just preachers. Not just deacons. Not just these elders. Not just the ministers. Everyone in this room. He's calling you. He's calling you to do something. He's saying that you love that husband even though he's acting up. We learned about our purpose Friday night in marriage, didn't we? We learned about our purpose with our children, didn't we? Operate in purpose. This whole conference, this whole weekend was about us getting into purpose and doing what God has ordained for us to do and not waiting on lightning to strike, but responding to the voice of the Holy Spirit as he asked of us, do this. It's just that simple. The body of Christ is powerful in obedience. But weak in the flesh. And people are saying so much is wrong with the church. The church needs to do this. The church, the church just needs to be obedient. Your job is not just a job. You didn't get that position just so that you can move up the ladder. God is giving you influence. There are young people in your family that you are meant to mentor, to minister to. They look up to you. Get in your purpose. So what about those little things he's been asking of you? You know what I'm saying? Them little things that we found it difficult to do. Who are we harboring unforgiveness to? Who are we still mad at? Who are we not speaking to? Are we going to work with a good attitude? Are we speaking faith? Are we casting doubt? What are we, what, what about those small things? Because see, the small things, the small yeses, they lead to more. But if Peter would have said, nah, bruh. Don't you see I already washed my nets? Then he wouldn't have gotten the second invitation. It was an obedience to the first invitation that gained him the second invitation, which changed his life. I'm going to say it one last time. If you are in Christ, have purpose. If you are saved, you've been redeemed, you have purpose. So from now on, operate in your purpose. You have been equipped this weekend. You have been prepared this weekend. You have been challenged this weekend. And it didn't just start this weekend. If you've been here six months, you had six months worth of get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. If you've been here six years, I can't say get ready enough for six years. 
but you already know what you're supposed to be. Some of y'all are looking at me. Y'all looking right at me saying, Pastor Ben, you sure are right. I've been sitting around thinking of reasons why I can't do it. Go ahead, raise your hand. And just, just raise, nobody, nobody looking backwards. Everybody looking forward. Raise your, look at you. Look at you. Hands going up. See that? You knew you, knew you were supposed to be doing stuff. And you wait, waiting on something. Waiting on a man to say, I see God telling you. And God spoke. God spoke. And you waiting on somebody to lay hands on. And he already said, that person right there, they need your love. Go hug them. Well, what if they don't want me to hug them? But what if they do? I'm finished. They said, Pastor, I'll tell you something else. We done had that good old time yesterday, and you come in here with this. Yeah, sure enough. Last week, we learned that we can't let other people's behaviors control us. Didn't we? We didn't shout and run last week. We sat right in place and got a word. And that's what we need more of. Because all of that excitement, if it don't lead to action, we can clap, 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 clap. But if we don't leave out of here and do what the word says, all that clap, 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 clapping doesn't mean nothing. Are y'all ready? This church has a mandate on it. Because he let it last. We're still here. I shouldn't be the only one that feels something in here. We're still here. Churches have come and gone. Some planted at the same time we did. And we don't know where they are. Oh, God. We're still here. It means we have purpose. There's a reason for our existence. Yesterday we were operating in our purpose. And tomorrow we will do it again. But we will not wait on the church to put an activity together for us individually to get in our spots and do what we're supposed to do. Say amen, somebody. Because we're putting it on everybody. The school needs to do better. The police need to do better. The mayor needs to do better. The council people need to do better. No, those people out there killing people are related to some of us. We need, we need to do a little bit of something. Say amen. Back in the day, we had them big mamas that would jack somebody up and say, you better get yourself to get we scared to talk to our own kinfolk. Me and Ed were talking in the back. Ed said his granddaddy made him go to Sunday school. Now we're giving choices. Well, if you want to go, if you want to go, if you want to go, you can go. You can stay home if you want to. I know you worked last night. We walk past people and we look at them and, and, and the Holy Spirit will say, speak to them. And you know, we, and they, they don't look quite right, George. They look kind of rugged. Look kind of like a thug. We used to be thugs. People used to be scared to say hey to us. And we walk right by them. The other day I was at, at the little outlet over there. I wasn't shopping, just walking. 
I'm just walking. And the three guys came, pants sagging, hair in the little twisties, and they just walking. And the two ladies were in front, in front of me. And when the guys were coming, the ladies scooted over to the right. And they walked to close together. I'm walking behind them, and I'm watching this transpire. And I said, they're scared. We are here in the outlet, and these are, they ladies are scared. So I walk past these guys, and I say, good afternoon, gentlemen. I ain't say, what's up? And give the head nod. Because I'm not the age. I'm 48 years old. I'm going to greet you properly. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, sir. You mean they spoke? Well, praise God. You mean the cheering got some manners? You mean somebody told them when somebody speak to you, you speak back? But because we don't speak, then they feel like we don't regard them. Oh, holy ghost, you walking in... They think, oh, they don't, you don't care nothing about me. You don't regard me as a person. You spoke to that person who looked clean, but you didn't speak to me. So sure they're not going to speak because now they're mad. Thank you, Lord, for conviction. <laughs> Next time I speak. Right? Purpose. We're the body of Christ. We can't be like everybody else. We can't look like them and act like them. We can't just thump our Bibles and come to church and then, you know, have good church and then leave out and then go home and then get out of our car and then our neighbor standing on the porch and we walk straight in the house. Well, they don't ever speak to me. No, you speak. If they don't ever speak. I have a neighbor next door, a girl. I speak all the time. That girl ain't saying nothing back yet. Hello, how you doing? I'm on hello, how you doing? Until she gets sick of me. Hey! God bless you. We Christians, we give up too quick. We let the net down once, Nelson. We work with it a while. And if it don't bring nothing, we pull a net up. And then we wash it. Am I talking to anybody? And then we put the net away in a box and say, this used to be used for fishing. I was a fisherman once. Oh, you should have seen me. Nobody want to hear about fishermen once. Fish now, baby. Fish now. The harvest is plenteous. Some people say, oh, that conference, man, it didn't work. Because all I saw were people who go to church. But guess what? People who go to church live in Savannah. And they live in the hood. And some of them are struggling financially. And some of them are being beat up at home. That stuff don't just happen in the lives of unbelievers. So we're going to keep dropping the net. Every time he tells us to drop it, we're going to drop it. Because we don't know what God's doing. 
Jesus. Time to go home. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the charge that we have to be obedient and not second guess your voice. There are very little things that we could be doing. Very small things that you've asked of us to do. And at your voice, it'll bring forth a harvest. I pray, God, that we'll be obedient. And what we see is the little things. The things that seem insignificant. The things that seem not to matter. Because those are the things that matter. Those are the things that make the difference in the life of another person. Just, just saying hello. Just saying I love you. Just saying you look nice today. It's the small things that, that can draw somebody to Christ. Because your word says with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So help us to be obedient in those places of our lives where maybe we thought that it was not worth it and it wasn't working. And then you call us back to that same thing, that same person, that, that same situation. You call us back to it. I pray, God, that we will not deny you the opportunity to bless somebody's life because we refuse to drop our nets again. From now on, we'll be obedient. From now on, we'll do what you tell us to do, and we'll see what you said we would see. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and clap your hands today.